0: Hello everybody my name is Ken Fallon and this is the first in a new bash scripting tutorial series on Hacker Public Radio. (laughs) This is a series of Bash scripting for Linux, Unix, and Windows systems. First of all, let's cover what Bash is. From Wikipedia, Bash is a free software, Unix, Shell, written for the GNU project. Its name is an acronym, which stands for the Born Again Shell, and the name is a poem on the name Born Shell, which was an early and important Unix Shell, written by Stephen Bourne and distributed in version 7 of Unix in around 1978. And the common Christian concept of born again. Bash was created in 1987 by Brian Fox, and in 1990, Chet Ramy became the primary maintainer. That's all very well and good, but it doesn't actually explain a lot what the Bash shell is. It's actually the command line for Linux. So if you're coming from Windows, it's kind of like the DOS prompt. Now you might be tempted to say, oh, how 1980s, but as any system admin, even those coming from Windows will know, the command line is very, very powerful. You'll also hear the command line referred to as the CLI. But what about the graphical user interface? Now, this is fine as a means of uh, interacting with an application. But it's very difficult to automate stuff. And more importantly, it's very inconsistent. Now, what I mean by that is over time, over languages, and over desktop environments. So taking as an example, you want to explain to somebody over the phone how you might print a Microsoft Word. So you say, go to File. And print and then press OK and they are very confused and after about an hour you realize that they're using Word 2007 and there is no file menu there's just a mi- uh, menu bar and if you think these if you think these problems are limited to windows you'd be wrong for example since the initial iteration of Ubuntu there has been at least three different names and locations where you would install, add and remove software. In the entire time, the command line way of doing things, of installing software, has remained the same. Now, let's take into account different languages. Different test-top environments, going from KDE to GNOME to XFCE. And it makes the issue worse. The command line is the least common denominator. This is why many people on forums tend to have command line solutions which, if not exactly the same on your system, will often be close enough to get you started. The fact is that all GUIs call lower-level system calls anyway. On the command line these calls probably have a richer or, indeed, more complicated set of options. Okay, so that's Bash. Now let's move on to what scripting is. The most common use of scripting is to automate a task that is big, or boring, or repetitive, or all three. A script can be as simple as a file containing one or more commands that you type a lot, but it also can be a complex thousand-line program. That accepts arguments, that has config files, that uses procedures, functions, yada yada yada. And in this series, we're going to try and take you from the complete novice to giving you a good un- understanding of Bash scripting in particular, but also programming in general. Now, if at any time there is anything in this series that you don't understand or that I have assumed that you know about, please send an email to ken at KenFallon.com or KenFallon at gmail.com So, what's the difference between a bash script and a real program? Now, the traditional answer to that one is that a script is interpreted while a program is compiled. Now, that might not make a lot of sense right now. So, let me go on to explain a little bit. Both start off as a file or many files which is a human readable ish um, script Uh, this is called source code because it's the source of the end program that you're trying to get to now there are many programming languages just like there are many oral or verbal languages and as with verbal l- communication languages, computer languages have different words and different grammar. And you can use a different computer language to ask the computer to do the same thing. The traditional example is the Hello World program. And that's a simple program that prints Hello World on the screen. I'll put a link into the show notes with a site with examples of hello world programs written in different computer languages. However, regardless of what computer programming language you use, at the end of the day, all computer programs are broken down into a series of ones and zeros that the computer understands. The difference between a compiled program and a script is the point at which the conversion from this higher level for want of a better word, English, is done into the ones and zeros that the computer understands. In a compiled program like C, every time you make a change to the line in the source code, you need to recompile the program. This takes the source code, which is a series of commands, and translates them into raw bytecode that the computer processor understands. If you're running the same program on two different processors, you need to compile it, both the processors Now you can do this you can p- that's called cross compiling if you compile it on one processor with the instruction sets needed for another one and that's where architectures come into uh, their own so you have the i3 at six architecture and the amd 64 architecture you also have the spark and various different other power PC architectures. If you wanted to run the same program on all these, you would need to recompile it for the different architectures. Now, in an interpreted, uh, in an interpreted language or a scripting language, the source code is translated into bytecode each time that the program is run. Now, the advantage is that you don't need to recompile for the different processors. The disadvantage is that it will be slower because every instruction has to be converted into bytecode on the fly. So, the question is why are we doing a bash scripting tutorial? And the reason is that bash scripts have all the functionality of procedural languages like C or whatever but it has powerful features but its system calls are other bash programs and if you get to know the other programs on the command line, you can include its features and functions into your script. So as you get better with the command line, you also get better with scripting. So it's a win-win situation. Well, okay, this episode is getting a bit long, so I want to make a start today. And before we start, you're going to need a text editor. Which one you use is up to you. Even though this is about the command line, there's absolutely no reason why you can't use a GUI text editor. For example, Kate or gedit, or if you're on Windows, Notepad++. If you prefer, there's also text editors that work in the console, like Vim or Joe or Nano. One thing to look for in an editor is code highlighting. That's where the words, which are the commands, that have a special meaning are highlighted in a different color or font, or in some way distinguished. Although you probably want to start with an easier editor, I suggest that you get to grips with basic editing in VI or VIM, because this tends to get installed on most Unix and Linux systems, and there is also a version for Windows, whereas Emacs isn't. Once you're comfortable with your text editor, you also now need a way to get to the Bash console. And depending on your desktop environment, this may be listed as something else. My console of choice is called Console. That's K-O-N-S-O-L-E. But just like VI, the X-Terminal is probably installed on any Unix or Linux system. That has a GUI. So let's that use that one if you can't find a console on your system. If you can, then use it. You can usually start Xterm by holding down the Alt key and pressing F2. This will usually bring up a dialogue box and you can type in the words Xterm in lowercase letters and press enter. If a Windows opens, you're in business. On windows you can also enjoy the joys of bash by probably the easiest way is to install the Cygwin program and there will be a link in the show notes as to how to do that and on windows I suggest using the notepad plus plus and links for all of this stuff will be in the show notes so now you have a window open which may be black background of white text or white background wa- white background with black text. doesn't really matter. What you're probably looking at now is what's called the command prompt or the bash prompt or the shell or the terminal or the DOS box or the console, all depending on what you're doing. There's probably a flashing cursor, and that is the command prompt. It's named the prompt because it's prompting you to enter... A command by flashing the cursor. So press enter a few times and you should see the same line repeat each time you do. The makeup of a command prompt differs from system to system. But a common prompt is made up of the username, that's the user that's logged in, for example, you, the at separator, the host name. That's the name of the computer you logged into. A colon separator. The path. Now that's the location in the file system where you are. This might be the tilde, which is in the top left-hand corner of most keyboards. It's a bit like an S, rotated 90 degrees and mirrored. Um, this is the bash shortcut, and it means your home directory. A tilde by itself is the home directory of the logged on user, namely you. And a tilde Joe means the home directory of the user Joe. And just finishing off the prompt is the dollar sign. This means a non-root user is logged in. If you see an octotorp, which is the tic-tac-toe and the incorrectly termed pound sign, it means the root is logged on. And then of course you have a space. Anything you type after that will be considered by bash to be a command and will be treated as such when you press the enter key. Now, let's get on to our first bash program. And following the tradition, we'll write an hello world program. I want you to type these commands into the terminal. First of all, listen to an explanation before you go hit enter this is a very good place for a warning bash is very powerful and there's absolutely no hand holding if you type a command on the computer it's not going to ask you, are you sure it's just going to do it and sometimes you won't be even given any visible feedback that it's doing anything if you enter the command to delete all my files and press enter it's just going to go delete them there's going to be no confirmation there's no recycle bin there is no way to recover them they're gone gone forever so make sure you know what you're doing before you type anything into the console and you also don't be accepting uh, blindly commands from uh, forums on the internet I'm going to show you later on how to get help and to check what those commands are before you run them So, open up your text editor actually you don't need a text editor we're going to be entering these commands directly onto the command line and we're going to create a file which you can later open up in a text editor but for now we're going to do everything from the command line including uh, putting everything into a text file so the first command we're going to do is write the location of the bash interpreter into the text file and this will tell bash itself what program is running bash is very friendly and that you can run other programs from uh within it just simply by changing the first line and then you can write it in another dialect so think french instead of english although it's also going to be english but anyway i digress The second command will actually print the greeting on the screen. Don't worry if you don't fully understand everything yet. We're going to cover everything here in later episodes. Now, the first thing you need to type, everything we're going to be typing, by the way, is all lowercase. Unix and Bash are case-sensitive, so capital H-E-L-L-O is different from lowercase H-E-L-L-O. And lowercase H, uppercase, E, lowercase L, uppercase L are also different. So you gotta be careful about that. Which is why things generally tend to be done in lowercase. Okay, on with the command. So you type the command echo space single quote, the octotorp character, exclamation mark, forward slash in forward slash bash another single quote the greater than sign hello dot and then bash and press enter and then the next line type echo space double quotes echo again space hello space world double quotes and then the greater than sign, the greater than sign again, and then hello.bash. That has entered the commands into the hello.txt file. Now we need to make the text file executable. Under bash and under Unix, a file name can be have any extension. There are special permissions assigned to the file which state whether it's going to be executable or not. You can't run a program unless that um, flag is turned on. And or- in order to do that, we need to use a bash program called chmod, which means change uh, change modular or something. I'll look that up in the show notes. So it's change mod space, the plus sign lowercase x space hello dot bash and that is enough to make the program executable and now what we can do is type the dot forward slash hello dot bash and you should see hello world congratulations you've written your first bash program and now if you want to finish all you need to do is type exit to close the terminal and you're done well, that's it for the first episode. I hope you could follow along. If you have any feedback, good or bad, you can send it to feedback at kenfallon.com. And you can join me next time as we go through some basic bash commands. A lot of these we'll use in scripts later in other episodes. Thank you for listening to Hack Republic Radio. HPR is sponsored by Caro.net.